Ladies and gentlemen, before we get to today's special trap draw, we have some breaking news. There are new no laying up rangefinder designs and a premium carrying case available now on precisionprogolf.com forward slash NLU. From now until June 20th, get $30 off all rangefinders with Precision Pro's Father's Day sale. And you can also get these new NLU designs. Again, that's precisionprogolf.com forward slash NLU. We've been using the NX10 for almost a year, and this rangefinder has been everything we needed and more. It locks onto targets lightning quick. It has additional features such as the slope switch, HD optics, and magnetic cart mount, which make the NX10 our go-to choice. Seriously, excellent product. And you also won't find a better customer care package in golf, from free battery replacements to industry-leading customer service and a 90-day money-back guarantee. There is a reason Precision Pro has been our trusted partner for years. Don't wait. Go to precisionprogolf.com forward slash NLU to save $30 and get the No Laying Up NX10 rangefinder and case today. Let's get to the trap draw. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Trap Draw. I'll be hosting today. Neil Merchzar Icarito joined by a, uh, I would say, a somewhat frequent Trap Draw contributor, Mr. DJ Pihowski. How are you, DJ? Hey, Neil, I'm doing great. Happy to be with you. The haters and losers uh, at ProTrag Holdings said this pod would never come to be. I think they owe us all an apology today. Well, before we get there, of course, thank you, Mr. Jeezy. Want to get that out of the way, DJ? I think this idea came about from you know a, just a classic jam session. That's right. You, you know, like a, a, one of those. You know, what would be sick is if we picked a random year in history, and we just went through like what happened that year, and we tossed out a lot of dates, a lot of or a lot of uh, you know years in history, but we settled on 1923. A lot to choose from. It turns out a lot, well. a lot to choose from. We figured let's go back a hundred years. Yeah. Let's talk about what happened exactly a hundred years ago. Let's take, let's um, take stock. Let's see where we were at. Uh, there was a lot of confusion in the internal slack this week as we were kind of like, Hey, we're getting ready to do this 1923 pod. Cody, of course, thought this was like the Paramount plus show that I think is like maybe a Yellowstone prequel or something. Like, why are you talking about that show? Like you got, do you guys even watch that? What do you, all right. If if you guys think, you know, I guess I've never watched. I don't know. Maybe I need to watch this 1923 show. I'm like, no, 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 no. That, that, that's not it. I'm talking about the year 1923. Uh, and, you know, come what may, I, I don't really know what we're going to get out of this, but I, I got a lot of notes to get to. Well, two things. One, I think Cody was also just kind of pissed that, you know, he's he's kind of our resident expert on Yellowstone and Yellowstone right, adjacent right. things. So he's like, why did you not invite me yes. on the pod? It's like, no, it's it's totally different. We're calling it Project One Year. Yeah. And I think it's born out of curiosity. I love going on a Wikipedia, you know, deep dive, just, you know, where just meandering through links on, on Wikipedia, which is exactly what this, uh, the, the research for this pod 
led to. So it'll be a little bit of a, you know, state it for the record. Here's what happened. Sure. Listen, we'll cover some of the big stuff. But also, you know, we might dig into some very tangential stuff here. I think that's right. I think a couple of things to to maybe call out, much like your boy Dan Carlin, we're not historians. You know, don't please don't put that don't put that label on us. Don't put that crown on us. You know, if you're if you're looking for someone to really explain kind of Germany putting the parts back together, uh, all of the, you know, all of the, the the shit popping off with some of these Mexican rebels, uh, a lot of stuff going on in Russia. I mean, the, the KKK is absolutely bucking at this time. I mean, I, you know, I think I think there's a lot to dive into, obviously, on all of these topics. Please don't expect that you're going to get uh, a college education on all of those topics here on, on the Trap Draw podcast. I think we're looking micro rather than macro. Is that how you approached it? I think high calorie snackable content, yeah. right? And and we had to put some constraints on this. So came up with a format that, listen, if we do another one of these, maybe the format changes, but we're going to go month to month. Yeah. I'm going to start with January. You're going to have February. And then, you know, I think we've both done a little bit of research on all months. Sure. So we, there may be some some guessing or some, uh, you know, some riffing, some jamming I love that goes that. on uh, month to month. Uh, so I think overall themes, though, of just what's going on in 1923, we're coming out of World War One, the Great War. You know, Tuckman's work on the Great War, if you haven't read it, I would <laughs> highly recommend. We are not historians. We're not going to touch on that. Yes, we're going to touch on the occupation of the Ruhr sure. uh, in, you know, Germany and France. France acting like a merchant cash advance operation. Just <laughs> Where's that money? Where's my fucking money? The Germans to their knees. Uh, you know, the the Weimar Republic is having a tough, yeah. a tough go of it. Hyperinflation, things of that nature. The Roaring Twenties, you know, it, it's kind of night and day between Europe and yeah. America. I mean, Roaring Twenties, we got the Teapot Dome scandal. We got Harding, an absolute stick man in the White House War, for most of the War year. G. Uh, so, you know, things in the U.S. is, is you know, which, listen, we've probably seen a little bit of that uh, in, in recent years. The economy's ripping. Everybody's just trying to get their hands on some booze. <laughs> Flapper girls are running amok around the streets of New York. So, you know, uh, kind of some, some different stuff. I tried to, it's also kind of at the beginning of, I don't want to say like the historical record, but this is where things get a little tough from a research standpoint. Like you got to go and dig into some, or Wikipedia is not, not going to do all the heavy lifting for you. Right. You got to go and dig it out of the dirt a little <laughs> bit more. Uh, I did not have a chance to go to the public library to do, you know, know. primary research. So listen, maybe next time, but that's not what you're going to get here. Uh, I think that's right. I, I think a couple other things just, you know, worth calling out. I think everybody kind of knows how the story ends, but uh, fascism percolating, man. There's a there's a lot of a lot of fascista going on out there across <laughs> across Europe. A lot of weird stuff going on in the U.S. I mentioned the KKK. We've got Henry Ford kind of dipping his toe, threatening to to run for president. Some of the people who supported that were were, were very interesting. Uh, it's just kind of fun to go back and look at, you know, uh, all the all the little things that added up to the big things, right? I think that's kind of the the best part of looking at fun historical stretches like this. That's absolutely right. So let's kick it off. January. Uh, you know what? We are going to start with a big topic because let's just get it out of the way. Occupation of the Ruhr, yeah. which is the land between France and Germany. It's historically been very German. The French said, you guys aren't paying. Yeah. You're not paying on time. We're coming in. We're going to like confiscate some resources here. So January 11th, 1923, French and Belgian troops enter the Ruhr region of Germany as a response to Germany's failure to fulfill its reparation obligations from World War I. The occupation aimed to extract resources and goods from the region. 
Did you get any uh, specifics? Sorry if you if you don't have them, but on like what kind of reparations they're looking for, because I, I was looking for that in in a couple different areas and just trying to get a number on like what we're looking at, and it, it's 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 a lot. I mean, it's it's billions and billions and billions coming to uh, the allies every year, and I don't know if that's every year like in perpetuity. I don't I don't really know how that worked. Again. I think we fast forward. We we know where we ended up. Uh, twenty, you know, fifteen, twenty years later. Uh, but uh, it's it's just interesting what they're looking for. Well, I think it's kind of a you know, listen, the 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 Germans are just started printing money, right? Right. So the uh, what is it? The Weimar? I think it's just the Weimar from the Weimar Republic. Yeah. Is their you know currency? And I think they just started like, oh, you know what? You want some more? You want some more marks? I'll give you some marks. Here's some marks. And and they, they ended up being pretty useless. By August, four point six million marks are needed to buy a single American dollar. Like that's tough. That's t- really it's really, really tough. tough. I, I think the only thing that rivals it is is Zimbabwe had some hyperinflation <laughs> in the uh, in the '90s and 2000s, where I think their Mugabe things got out of hand down there in, in Zimbabwe. So that's tough. Yeah. And so that I think the French just said, you know what, listen, we're just going to come and get what we would buy with the marks. We're just going to come and, and take it. Yeah. And that led to some, you know, some civil disobedience, not outright like conflict, but more just passive aggressive stuff from German citizens. They didn't like it. It also gives rise to, which happened in November, the uh, beer hall push. Poots. <laughs> yeah. I don't know how to pronounce it, but that's when Adolf and and the homie Ludendorff, big. If you're a Dan Carlin fan, you know you know General Ludendorff. Uh, they just kind of stormed the kinda beer st- hall where yeah. the government was kind of just holding a town hall meeting and said, "Listen, we're taking over." Uh, that didn't go well, which we can get to in November. Uh, you know, Hitler gets put in jail, writes Mein Kampf, and then seems like the Weimar Republic continues to just fuck shit up, and inflation continues to run rampant, and then. When he gets out, it seems like everyone's like, hey, maybe this guy Hitler's on to something, sure. which is a tough, tough scene. Kind of, you know, lesser of two evils election. Classic, man. You know, I know it lists. I know he said some bad stuff, but like, you know, we got to fix this economy, right? That, that's what's really important. Uh, yeah, it's just, uh, you know, I'm reading that's a book. A joke. Don't, edit a that new, out, don't edit that out of context. I, I just picked up a new book. It's called The Tiger. It's honestly, it's awesome. It's about this. Uh, like man killing uh Amur tiger in in uh like the far east of Russia, like the Whoa. Primore region. Yeah. And it's a nonfiction. It's like, but it's so well written. And it goes into like, you know, Perestroika and the Russian, like uh, when they opened up and then the Berlin Wall falls, and there's just like mega inflation. So there's just this like crazy reallocation of wealth to like these oligarchs all of a sudden. But all of the, you know, kind of just Russian yeomen. Like the the West doesn't really cover, but like there was crazy inflation, and so what they all did out like out in the in the boonies was just like live off the land, you know, poach, just try to like hunt, eat pine cone nuts, all kinds of like just mother taiga saving them. And so the reason I bring that up is almost like the the French, you know, I'm sure the German people were probably trying to do the same thing, like oh, our currency is worthless, and then they come in and they just start to occupy the land and take the resources. Like that's not going to go over well. No. No, that, that's going to take a while to put that back together. Uh, what, so, else, what else we got in January? We're going to have to keep this thing moving because it's going to be four hours long. No, you're absolutely right. That's really all I had, honestly. That was the big one. A, that was the big one. I feel like we. I wanted to get that one out of the way. I mean, there's a revolt in Lithuania. Um, which I think we keep an eye on. Yeah. 
you know, there's a uh, there's some there's a lot of flight stuff going on. So there's a, sure. a the first rotocraft flight uh, in Spain. Hmm. So you know, the Wright brothers have some competition across the pond. But I mean, otherwise, it's pretty quiet. It's almost like the calm before the storm. You know, I, I think everybody's you know, it's the depths of winter. It's funny looking looking at some of this stuff too. It's kind of funny how like like when news happens, right? Like you could tell like a lot of shit's like not going to happen from you know like december january like hey come on man it's cold like everybody's everybody's hanging out then like kind of mid-july it's like ah everybody's on vacation nothing's really happening but you get to like march april may it's like all right guys we got to get like a year's worth of shit done uh (laughs) march april may is busy yeah very busy uh okay well i think we took kind of different uh different approaches at this which i really like i think you you kind of did more of a deep dive uh i'm just gonna hit a bunch of highlights of february just a bunch of little Please. just a bunch of little things and I would encourage the readers to maybe uh dive into to any of these on your own uh on your own time. So this is February 1923. Real quick, February 1st, first nationwide football pool in the UK, a legal betting pool for gamblers uh betting money on the outcome of a soccer match was launched, which is interesting. I would have thought that was way before that. There were only 35 of the 4000 printed betting coupons were actually sold for the first trial. Uh, so it seems like business really picked up after that. It's almost like the domino meme. Yes. Of like, <laughs> click this, and then DraftKings is now a sponsor of No Laying That's Up. exactly right. Exactly right. So I'd like to personally thank bookmakers uh, John Moores, Colin Ashcombe, and uh, Bill Hughes uh, for for uh, kind of setting that in motion. That That's massive. Uh, we've got a, you know, you mentioned Russia. We've got an 8.3 uh, earthquake. Uh, on a lot of earthquakes in so many earthquakes a lot a lot of seismic activity going on yes this was out in the kamchatka peninsula uh shout out to the game risk if you've you know always a good property to have 25 foot tsunami not even close to the biggest tsunami we're going to see this year also caused a tidal wave in maui killed 12 people so kind of a butterfly effect for you there uh do you know anything about cricket uh, I just listened to an awesome business breakdown podcast on the ISL okay. and, and all the seismic shifts going on in cricket, the game of cricket right now. Sure. Uh, but no, I don't know much about the game. I played it at summer camp when I was in sixth grade. So I don't know what this means, but Australian cricketer Bill Ponsford made 429 runs uh, to break the world record for highest first class cricket score. I don't know what that and means. This, is like, this was this showing is like OG up OG cricket yeah, th- when they like it takes like eight days to finish a game. This was showing up everywhere. So I, I you know. In the interest of being on the right side of history, I just wanted to, you know, acknowledge that. Uh, February 6th, the crown of Georgia's last monarch, Georgie Twelfth, which was confiscated by the Tsar Alexander I in 1801. Uh, it was returned to the Soviet government, but it was only there for like, I think like seven years. And then it was basically seized by the Georgian SSR, which I think is like the Socialist Republic of Georgia. Uh, and it has not been seen since. So I put that out there as just if anybody knows the whereabouts of uh, the last crown of of Georgia's last monarch, I think hit up the uh, trap draw listener line. Okay, we've got a peace treaty between you know Honduras and El Salvador, Guatemala. A lot of miners getting killed. Yes, did you notice that? It, that's tough. You go through and it's like 123 here in New Mexico, 33 here in in British Columbia. Just massive miner strike in South Africa. A lot of strikes just- too. Organized working, labor working conditions are tough. Organized labor was was bucking. February eighth, we've got the first live broadcast of an ice hockey game, which I point out because this kind of trickled out. Uh, February is a big month for radio hockey, so if you listen to hockey on the radio, uh, you got to really thank Norman Albert for that. Uh, he called the third period 
of an Ontario Hockey League game, and then immediately it just spread like wildfire. And and you know those guys are playing blue line to blue for line. sure, digging it out, right? Dig- going down, dumping chase <laughs> all day long. Trying to put the biscuit in the basket. <laughs> We've got Governor Pat Neff of Texas signing a bill that essentially would create Texas Tech University. Uh, that was on February guns up, on February tenth. February 11th, I didn't know anything. I wanted to bring this up for a couple of reasons. I don't know anything about the organized uh, crime gangs of St. Louis, Missouri. Do you? No, I didn't. So there was there was apparently two big rival gangs, Egan's Rats and the Hogan Gang. And I just, I think there used to be a bit of decorum to, to gang warfare. I think they had a good branding. I think they had like, uh, you know, just kind of good names. And, and uh, it just, you know, probably used to be a lot more fun. I feel like, and uh, it sounds like there was a big, there there was an uneasy truce that was that was met uh, between in the Egan Hogan War. Um, so I just wanted—I don't know if you'd be more of an Egan rat or a Hogan gang kind of guy, but uh, you know, just put that out there. The Egan rats sound like they know how to party. Yeah, I I agree with that. Let's see. We've got the inauguration date was changed uh, from March to January. Um, you know interesting we've got more more hockey being being broadcast now in the nhl uh this was on february 14th so it only took like a week okay so you mentioned uh some of the aeronautics going on we've got french pilot joseph Sadi leconte uh flew faster than any person ever before setting a new speed record do you have any guesses what his speed record might have been in 1923 are we talking kilometers per hour or i got them both baby whatever you prefer i'm i'm gonna go with like 45 miles an hour no 243 whoa yeah he was zipping man absolutely well, speaking zipping. of which uh one uh addition i'd make is chuck yeager was born yes. february of 1923 absolutely True stick, man broke the sound barrier i believe talk about the right stuff man i love it <laughs> uh okay february 16th hit the sirens this is gonna be our big one here after 32 centuries the inner chamber of the tomb of Tutankhamun was opened in Egypt. King Tut, you may know him as. Howard Carter and the boys uh, digging it out. Uh, broke the seal, went inside the sarcophagus of the boy king, the boy pharaoh of Egypt. There were 20 witnesses present, uh, including the expedition sponsor, George Herbert. Uh, and Inside the tomb, there were 5,300 separate items uh, most prominently, Tutankhamun's solid gold coffin. Can you imagine how much a solid gold coffin would would run you these days? Just honestly, I mean, just thieves. But you know what? I, we got to give him a shout out because that led to the cinematic masterpiece, The Mummy, starring Brendan Fraser. That's so, right. Yeah, it led, it led to a lot of stuff, which we're we're gonna get to. Um, do you know what year uh, Tutankhamun died? I wouldn't have even had a guess on this. I. F- feel like the Egyptian empire was really bucking in the, like, I think it's like a thousand BC. Yeah. 1323 BC. Okay. Died. Yeah. I was, cause I was like, it wasn't 300. It was, it's not around the Alex. It was well before Alexander was gallivanting around the middle East, you know, into India. And, uh, so yeah, that sounds about right. About a thousand years before that. So just a couple more uh, to get to. I wanted to flag this because it's going to come up a lot, uh, especially once we get in the summer months. The original mark for marathon dancing was set in uh, in Sunderland, England, uh, when a couple danced for seven hours straight. Are you familiar with this phenomenon? Marathon no, dancing? I do remember a few fundraisers at Columbia, though, where they would like do a 24-hour dance-a-thon to like, raise money. But I, I did not know this was a, uh, a tracked thing. This pops up 
constantly. There's just world records falling by the day for this marathon dancing stuff. Cops have to get involved. Uh, it's just, it's outrageous. It sounds like way too much. Uh, I can't imagine if Randy was around, he'd be a, a massive fan of marathon dancing. Like I said, the flapper girls are going buck wild Truly. all over the world. Uh, just a couple more. You, you, you know, we keep talking air, air travel. Uh, the first plane landed on an aircraft carrier, which again, was way earlier than I would have thought that that was going to be. That was on February 22nd, 1923. It was a Japanese, uh, Navy ship. And then actually, I think it was uh, six days later, they had the first takeoff from the aircraft carrier as well. So uh, shout out to the Japanese uh, Japanese Navy pilots, man. That's That's got to be a fairly scary task to, to get there. Hey, man, just hey. land on this ship. I know we can barely land on the ground, but try to hit I, this, this ship. I don't think it was until the 30s, but I, I think the Japanese are getting a little claustrophobic. Uh, I know they had some skirmishes with the Russians. Which led to the aforementioned primary, like the Chinese, the Russians, all in that, like, like right around Korea, like that little corner of the world starts to get a little hostile this yeah. at, at this time. So, you know, it's uh, something to monitor. Let's put it that way. All right, just a quick shout out to our partners at ServePro Golf. Like many things, is an unforgiving sport, and hitting it into a hazard is sometimes par for the course. Well, the same is true for disasters. Sometimes they can't be avoided. Thankfully, for those situations, they're ServPro. They're the leader in cleaning, restoration, and construction, and experts in making any disaster like it never even happened. So if your business would like a mulligan after a disaster, give the pros at ServPro a call. With over 2,000 locations covering 97% of zip codes nationwide, they're available to respond fast and are available 24-7. Speaking of things that I'd like to make like they never even happened. Typos in my newsletter. That'd be great. The last year in professional golf. Can we make that like it never even happened? Anyway, visit servepro.com or call 1-800-SERVEPRO today. Let's get back to 1923. bang And then uh, last thing. So 10 days after it was opened, King Tut's tomb is closed. Uh, apparently, the the organizers received word that there were some 250 American tourists uh, aboard the SS Adriatic bound for Egypt to come look at this tomb, and they're like, "No, we got to shut this, shut this shit down." Uh, so, yeah, they they shut it down after uh, after ten days. Filled the excavation with tons and tons of sand and rubble until work could resume in the autumn, mm. uh, which is pretty interesting. Well, good for them. You know, at least they're, or, or maybe they're just being selfish and they want to keep all the spoils for themselves. It's possible, possible. They, I'll, I'll tell you what. I don't, I don't know if you saw kind of the curse of the pharaohs, but uh, it's going to come back to bite them in a little bit. Yeah, here. yeah. As Brendan Fraser taught us in the Mummy. <laughs> uh, all right, you want to move to March? Yeah, let's let's keep big going. month. March is a big month. So first, let's start off with the, the homie Vlad Lenin suffers his third stroke. <laughs> yes, leaving him bedridden and unable to speak, which. Listen, then there's a, a little, you know, duel between Trotsky and, and Stalin when he gives up his chairmanship. Of course, Trotsky tries to flee to Mexico, and then he takes a, an axe to the face uh, from Stalin's henchman. So Joey Stalin takes over, and that is, that is bad. You ever seen the movie bad. Death of Stalin? No, I haven't. Really good. I think you'd like okay. it. Uh, Stalin was a bad guy. For sure. Like, maybe the worst. Yeah. On a, a, a better note, Warren Harding becomes the first president to pay taxes. 
Interesting. How about that? So seventeen thousand dollars on his nineteen twenty two presidential salary of seventy five k, which is about one point one one million eighty grand, or one million dollars and eighty. I don't know how to say that properly uh, in today's money. So I got a little deep on this. It's going to be if if you don't know what happens with with Warren Harding, it's going to be quite a roller coaster from here from here yes, on out. Yes, it is. So. Basically, Woodrow Wilson got all pissy because they started the federal income tax under his former administration. And he's, he's like, no, this is going to cut into my like chief executive pay, which in the Constitution, it says it won't be like raised or lowered without, you know, congressional consent. So they kind of like put a halt on it. But Harding's like, no, you can tax me like I'm, I'm you know, one of the boys. I'm one sure. of the people. Um, so 75K. It had gone into effect in 1909 with William Howard Taft uh, when he took office, but he didn't get taxed on it because there wasn't really a federal income tax until I think like 1913 or something around there. Don't quote me on that, but it's in that region. And then, you know, Wilson, who Wilson was kind of a schnitz, honestly. He was the For sure. president of Princeton and kind of a just a racist. I'm just not a big I'm not a racist, big, sir. I'm not a big Wilson fan. Um it got bumped up. So 75K got bumped up to 100K under Truman. And then it stayed pretty consistent there. I, I didn't get much on like if it got raised in the 70s, 80s, 90s. But when George W. Bush took office and all subsequent presidents received 400K, uh, a 400K annual salary. Right. So, um, and then on leaving office, presidents receive an annual 200K pension along with a government paid staff and office, health insurance, lifetime secret service protection. For them and their spouses, which is um, a hell of a benefit. That's a listen. That that's good. Up. Now, and that, that came up. about because Truman, he was getting the hundred k, but then he left office. He made like some really bad investments, went <laughs> completely broke, and all he had was a hundred dollars from his like U.S. Army pension. It was like monthly hundred dollar check from the U.S. Army. So Congress was like, "All right," they created the former President's Act so that you know guys wouldn't be living in squalor this also happened to ulysses s grant he made some yeah. horrible investments yeah. after he left office so then he kind of ran again some people think he ran again because uh he didn't have any money so uh anyway it's cool to, you know presidents pay their taxes that's that's good stuff um so more on harding just let's let's knock yeah. out some of this now sure dj what what number president was he do you know Oh God! I probably could do the math here quickly. I don't know. Uh, twenty-two, twenty-ninth, twenty-ninth president of the United States. He's an Ohio man, a newspaper man. He's kind of a media mogul, yeah, uh, or kind of I guess Midwestern media mogul. Joined the state legislator, then he was the lieutenant governor, then he was a uh, Ohio senator, and then he was kind of your classic status quo Republican. Ran on the tagline "A Return to Normalcy." If that tells you anything about him, uh, Harding loved to that's bone. That's to total stick, man. <laughs> Sorry, guy. Love your, deli your delivery there. <laughs> uh, love to bone. Apparently, he was. Uh, yeah, bone return to normalcy is is. I, I'm kind of lingering on that. A uh, hundred years later, again, it it, it kind of seems like the more things change, maybe the more they stay the same. Which is why I want to talk about Harding. Uh, my the best description of Harding, and I know he's your boy, but Malcolm Gladwell. Sure. In his book, I think it's going like, to be a lot of your boys coming up. Just so uh, you know, like I don't, I can't remember which book it was. It might have been ten thousand, the ten thousand hour book. But he has a whole chapter on how uh, Harding was like. He's like a fantastic, like a very handsome man. It's like six two, six three. He like he looked like I think 
Gladwell's point was like he looked the part. Yeah. But he was an awful like president, awful administrator, didn't do anything. He's basically known for dying in office where he, he died. Oh, spoiler alert. Yeah. So he dies in August, but we can talk about it now. He died. At, they say he died at the Palace Hotel. There's rumors, though, that he died across the street at the uh, House of Shields. It's a bar, and there's a tunnel underneath the uh, Second Street in San Francisco. It's right down the street from my old office. Right. And apparently, he may have been in the arms of a woman. And mm. well, there's two, there's two stories. Either he, he died of a heart attack in the bar, and people thought that would be like a bad look, so they snuck him back into his room, or he died boning, had a heart attack, and you know they just said he had a heart attack but well it sounds like so implications of a sexual encounter so maybe we'll get to some of this now he was in the midst of a massive massive i know you're a big road trip guy he's essentially on like a road trip a, a barnstorming tour of the american west including yes. alaska becomes the first president to to visit the territory of alaska not yet a state and is basically going around evangelizing like man this thing is alaska is about to pop we got to get these guys as a state this is going to be awesome uh, and it sounded like maybe he ate some like poorly preserved food and it was just like completely like under the weather. Doctors were checking in on him every day saying, oh, my God, condition is worsening, worsening, worsening. Uh, and then, you know, eventually just kind of uh, kind of got got to be too much. Uh, so maybe it was, you know, he pushed a little too much uh, physically. Maybe he had some some company. I, I don't know that. But uh, it sounds like he was definitely pretty under the weather before before he actually died. All of this was alleged, but his picture is still some photos of him on the wall. If you ever go out to San Francisco, House of Shields, just below Market Street on Second Street, uh, is a is a nice. It's a good bar. I, I, I like that place. Classy place. Wood paneling. You know the whole yeah the whole thing. I think it's been redone, but it's one of the oldest bars in in the city. Um, now Harding, known for mainly scandals, the Teapot Dome scandal. Right. Are you familiar with the Teapot Dome scandal? I, I am. I know it's kind of government contracts, oil, uh, no competition sort of sort of stuff, but any, anything else you need to refresh me on? Well, he was getting, he was taken on the chin for this, I think, all year before he died. And it, it, after he died, I think they kind of found a fall guy, and he was aptly named uh, Albert B. Fall. He was the uh, Secretary <laughs> of the Interior. Uh do you know who the current Secretary of the Interior is? Uh, no, I don't. It's a woman named Deb Howland. Okay. So I didn't dig into her, but I'm 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 gonna because yeah, I didn't know that. Uh, yeah, I'd never heard her name before. So Wasn't anyway, Cody's, Cody's guy Zinky for a while. I'm not sure. Uh, we'll, we'll have to we'll have to we'll have to get that. there next we'll get, time. But, yeah, we, the research doesn't have that, but I'm sure we can. Find uh, it. so Secretary of the Interior. Albert B. Fall takes the fall for this. Uh, basically, it says Fall sold federal land and oil reserves in Wyoming to two private companies with no bidding process, and he just took a fat bribe. Yeah. So this was at kind of a turning point. Like I think things were super corrupt under Harding, and this was kind of something that uh, I don't know. Coolidge takes over. They try to clean some things up, and then the depression happens, and you know, well, I, it actually didn't really get better under Hoover, and then. The economy goes, but everybody was kind of like willing to look past it because the economy was ripping at the time. But it sounds like everybody was taking kickbacks, just envelopes of cash going everywhere. So mm. teapot dome scandal, bone and chicks. That's kind of what Harding's known for. <laughs> uh, um, and it, it sounds like he was kind of on the edge of like, you know, there, there were a lot of people questioning whether he was going to run for president again because his health wasn't great. I think that that trickled out at this time that one of the people was like, oh, you know, he's he's absolutely going to run as, as long as his health permits. And everybody's like, what do you mean by that? 
Uh, like, no, no, no. He's totally fine. He's he's great. He's good. He's he's totally gonna do it. And I think I mentioned this earlier, but uh, this is this is right about the time Henry Ford, kind of a uh, Bloomberg Howard Schultz uh, type situation. Like, hey, maybe you know I can run a hell of a company. Maybe I should run this joint. Uh, and actually, on March seventh, he gets a really big uh, endorsement. Henry Ford does towards his uh, campaign. Do you remember who endorsed him on on March seventh? Was it Teddy? No, Adolf Hitler. Oh, said he yeah, I be, know. He I was going to say, Ford had some president. questionable, <laughs> questionable uh, anti-Semitic thoughts. Yeah, uh, I think more than questionable, th- some fucking awful ones. I, I think the the Nazis were big on on some of his former writing in uh, the Dearborn Independent. Sound like it was very yes. independent, uh, very very yes. independent. Um, and actually, on the same day that announcement comes, uh, a guy named Neville Chamberlain was a- anointed uh, Britain's Minister of Health. So he's on the come up. So we can. <laughs> We can see the pieces are starting to take shape. Well, I got one more, one more March, and it's actually like I've gotten March eighteenth, April eighteenth, May fifth. I've gotten three different dates on on this. Do you know what this is? Nineteen twenty three. Um, no. The first home game is played at Yankee Stadium. No, I think it's April. Yankees. I think it was April. That was April eighteenth. Okay, well I got then that let's too. move I got into that April. In my research. You, you got anything else on March? Yeah, just a couple real quick hitters. Um, first issue of Time Magazine. Yes. Something called the Anti-Flirt Club was uh, was announced, which was the purpose was to protect young women and girls from unwelcome attention from men. Uh, launched Anti-Flirt Week. So, Neil, be on the lookout for that. Um, are you familiar with the human fly? Uh, no. Uh, th- I think there were a number of people who build themselves as the human flies, but they were kind of like these people that would dress up like flies and they were a lot of them were like old steeplejacks, like the people who would like climb the scaffolding and build buildings or wash windows or whatever. And so they got really good at like climbing these buildings and then they'd put on like a fly costume and be like, Oh shit, he's climbing the, he's climbing the hotel. He's climbing the empire state building. He's climbing whatever. Uh, well, one of those guys, Harry young fell off the Martinique hotel. He was, nah, doing, he was doing a big uh, big promo for a movie called Safety Last, uh, which which has a great scene apparently where a guy is like hanging off a skyscraper from a clock and uh, he fell off the the, uh, the tenth floor of the the hotel. So if you're ever Neil, if you're walking around, you you go past the Martinique Hotel. There you go. Give it give a tip of the cap to Harry Young. What else we got? You know what's popping off at this time? I, I know you're big uh, Killers of the Flower Moon guy we've got yes. some of the some of the the osage indians some deaths some explosions you know they're they're killing the wealthy osage on the on the reservation uh that happens on march 10th uh we've got some talkies are starting to starting to come into the picture you know talking films keep an eye on that uh this is a big one i thought you'd like this uh march 16th the four tennis majors get cemented there were there was a lot of i think it used to be like what was it? There was grass majors, there was clay majors, there was indoor majors. It was all kind of like fragmented. And now they on on March 16th, we said, no, this is the Grand Slam. It's going to be the Australian Open, the French Open, Wimbledon, and the U.S. Open. Uh, and we, we will leave all the other stuff kind of in the wind. You guys can figure it out, but this is what we're going with, which seems to have you know, worked out pretty well. And just to, to mention, I don't know if it was in March, but the Ottawa Senators beat the Edmonton Eskimos in the Stanley Cup. Okay, that's good to know. So I think that's it was March or April. I can't remember which. And then I think the last thing, just to, to uh, close the loop on this, March nineteenth. So we're you know just about a month or so after uh, after King Tut's tomb was opened. Lord Carnivon, the fin- financier of this whole expedition, uh, it turns out he was bit by a mosquito 
got like a rare blood poisoning uh, and uh, ended up dying. So that would be the first of many deaths sensationalized as the curse of the pharaohs. So uh, I, I think people were thinking like, fuck around and find out. You get in yeah. the tomb and all of a sudden you get this rare blood disease and you just croak. Uh, I think it was just mosquito stuff, but just something to uh, to keep an eye keep an eye on. Listen, we'll get to more of this, but this is like peak, you know, explorer adventurer, Indiana Jones time period, like this post World War One. Like yeah, dudes doing like Lawrence of Arabia, kind of setting the tone, and uh, all kinds of guys. Museum of Natural History is absolutely bucking at this time. Uh, it's 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 a great time to be an explorer. I skipped over this one, but March 13th, it's going to be a big year for Babe Ruth, as you probably yes, know. Yes, it is. But on March 13th, a $50,000 paternity suit uh, landed on his front door uh, from a 19-year-old Manhattan woman. So we just got to be we got to be balanced here. It wasn't uh, all good for the Babe. I, I bet they sent it to Van Cortland Park <laughs> golf probably. course where he used to hold court. That's probably right. Uh, April, I honestly don't have much other than it's just all fucking marathon dancing. It's well, crazy, we got man. we we do have the opening at Yankee Stadium. All right, that's on April 18th. Of course, the Babe hits the first home run. Yankees beat the Red Sox four to one. Did you see the crowd that was there? Fifty-seven thousand five hundred forty-five people. I had seventy-four thousand. Uh, Maybe we'll split the difference. It's said, even still sixty-five is a largest lot. number of seats of any ballpark in America. So maybe it was standing room only. Oh, I bet it was. I bet that's the number of seats. I yeah. bet it opened with that number of seats. But there were seventy-four thousand people that packed in. Crazy. Uh, People going absolutely nuts. I, yet, you, as you mentioned, Babe Ruth hit a three-run home run uh, into the right field stands, which I'm sure they were going. The bleacher creatures were going buck wild out there. Short, short porch though. Does it even count? You know. But I got into it. This sent me down one of many wormholes. Just on on what how Yankee Stadium got built, what happened. So 1920, Yankees shared the polo grounds with the New York Giants, who were kind of it sounds like the team. Yeah. Um, and the Giants get pissed because the Yankees are drawing bigger crowds, mainly because of, of Ruth and the uh and the you know the Yankee players. Uh so they evict the Yankees. Uh so <laughs> Yankees owner Tillinghast Le Homadou Houston and Jacob Rupert buy lumber uh, lumber yard in the Bronx from William Waldorf Astor. Hmm. Uh so yeah, that guy's got his name plastered all over everything. I think son of John Jacob Astor. Construction begins May 5th, 1922, and is completed. For two point five million dollars in under a year, how about that? Uh, on time and you know reasonable budget. That's about thirty million dollars in today's money. And think about what it costs to build like what SoFi Stadium was like four billion or something like that. <laughs> Come on, man. That's wild. Um, so, do Deej, I want to ask you. Well, do you think that like the really short you just, you mentioned the Polo Grounds, which obviously was like notoriously massive right deep like, to center like 420 yeah. feet to center field or something what was the do you think the short fence in right field was like the original pitch clock like we need to see these guys people want to see the babe mashing let's, yeah i bet it was, this fence in man hope people love home runs I, I i also have a feeling it was more about uh just getting more people yeah that's that true right so it's like hey we got to make some money here yeah. so i think the polo grounds were like you know it was a polo field first and they like converted into a baseball field interesting um so what do you know about tilling has le houston so little yeah, i would so say almost none yeah so i was like yeah who who only who was the first owner of the yankees turns out he's a civil engineer from buffalo uh he worked in in the cincinnati waterworks before the spanish-american war so he spent a bunch of time in cincinnati becomes a captain and then stayed in Cuba as a private contractor and built his fortune rebuilding the island via government contracts, which 
the more you dig into some of these guys around this time, it's like go in the army and then set up shop somewhere uh, and and just kind of cake on government contracts. But it sounds like he got some things done down there. Comes back to New York and he bought the Yankees, then sold his stake uh, to his partner Rupert before joining up with the U.S. Army again for World War One, uh, and he became a colonel. What about Jacob Rupert? What do you know about him? Zero. Okay, so Zero. he's more of like the guy that that brings him into their golden years. Um, from my research, uh, he was a beer. He brewed beer, Knickerbocker beer, uh, and he was a, a New York congressman and the Yankees owner. He had a summer home on South Brother Island that burned down in 1909. And I love this because there's all these little islands up yeah. like the East River going into the Long Island Sound. And when you take off from LaGuardia, you can always see like, yeah, there's City Island there. And then right. you're like, you yeah, see, yeah. you know, that Rikers. Yeah. And then you're like, oh shit, like what's that little one right there? And so apparently he, he owned this house uh, and you can see North and South Brother Island are like right next to Rikers Island. Both are abandoned and owned by the New York City Parks department at this point uh and their designated bird sanctuaries at this point but nice. south brother island was one of the last privately owned islands in new york city uh and sold to new york state in 2007 uh from a holding company that was trying to develop it but they they couldn't get through the uh environmental stuff with the bird sanctuary but it also had like a uh psychiatric hospital on it so there's all these abandoned buildings and stuff so ch check that out next time you're flying into LaGuardia. but rupert owned that that was kind of his summer home uh and he was the uh kind of i guess the i don't want to say the original owner of the yankees but the one that i think brought him into like the you know the bronx bombers right kind of created that whole that whole thing there's a uh that's that's interesting there's something cool about like the owners being people who like you can you can like very easily trace you know i know that the trap draws at the forefront of cataloging a lot of these owners uh histories and and lineages and things like that but it's it's fun to just be like no he just like he made enough beer and sold enough beer that then he was able to buy the Yankees. Now yeah. it's just like, oh, no, it's like, you know, the guy's manipulating all sorts of financial instruments. and He's got a bunch of partners and they all got together and like leverage this and buy out that. And it's like and now they own the Padres. It's like, oh, that's kind of fucking lame. Yeah. It's more fun when it's just like it's like one shot gone, man. He sold a bunch of bumpers. Yeah. Now he's, you know, now he owns the Jags. It's great. Yeah, exactly. Uh, uh, kind of industry titans is more fun than. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah, he's a private equity executive. A right. uh, um, couple, couple quick things just to circle back here. So I'm not going to linger on the dance marathons too much, but just to throw a couple numbers at you. So like, what did what did we say back in February? The first one was like seven hours in uh, yes. in England, I think. In February. So on April 1st, uh, a woman in the Audubon Ballroom. You ever been to the Audubon Ballroom in New York City? No. Uh, broke the existing record, which she danced for continuously for 27 consecutive hours. Uh, went through six partners, uh, each of whom quit from exhaustion. So she gets to she gets to 27 hours. Uh, we go to let's see, April 10th, first ban on marathon dancing was issued finally in Sunderland, England, same place where you know I think this stuff kind of kicked off. The mayor invoked, uh, you know, some some local regulation. The magistrate called the fad, quote, an idiotic idea verging on lunacy. Uh, April 14th, we've got a dance marathon in Baltimore that gets stopped by police after 53 hours. It's unbecoming. April 17th, the record broken again in New York City. Uh, six couples went for 53 hours, again, being stopped by police. It's just, it's awful. There, there was Mad Magdalene Williams. 
uh, marathoner in Houston goes for 65 hours and 30 minutes. Two days later, someone goes for 65 hours and six and 54 minutes. It just like, it just keeps going, keeps going. I think it, the last one I saw Vera Shepard in even 69 hours, which feels like a good place to end. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Uh, a, a, a few questions, which I I'm, I'm sure you can't answer. Like what constitutes dancing? I don't know. That's a great point. I think we do a whole follow up on this. Right. And then do we, are we getting, you know, water bottles thrown out like marathon, you That's know, with the water stations, it, right? I mean, have to, we're going two plus days at this point, 69 hours of day. Yeah. So I'm curious, it's just some of the definitions of this need to be, need to be outlined. Yeah, agree. Uh, let's, let's get into May. Should we? Well, a couple other things from April at Wembley, Wembley stadium also opened. We got to call it both ways. Yeah. In, we're gonna in, shout uh, out Yankee stadium. With a, I think, I think it's West Ham played somebody. Uh, and then, you know what? John Venn died. Who's John? Creator of the Venn diagram. Really? Yeah. He was a philosopher and logician. That would honestly not to take anything away. Kind of seemed like it was just sitting there. Might be a, a North star for me to be a log, a, a logician, just, just a, <laughs> the, a, a professional pragmatist. So God, the guy, guy was, was this guy was so fucking logical. You should have yeah, seen he was, in his heyday, man. He was so he, logical. He, he taught it at uh, Cambridge. It sounds like he was, he kind of taught a bunch of different schools, you know, at the university. So, uh, which was not something that people did back then, but he was, uh, yeah, he, he created the Venn diagram. He was big on, um, like forecasting, like how, like probability stuff. Hmm. Um, and yeah, he, he came up with the Venn diagram, which we all use. Uh, they call it a, a Lucian circles, I think is the proper name for it, but hmm. got named after him. So how after about him. that? And I feel like I lingered too much on the dance marathons. Insulin also became widely available, which I think that's had a big impact on that's humankind. It. Uh, a good point. Yeah. I couldn't get a specific month for that. It seems like it was yeah, just a breakthrough generally. Yeah. During the year. Uh, yeah. All right. So let's get to May. Yeah. So of course, your boy Henry Kissinger is born. <laughs> I already had that on on my list as your boy. Uh, and also, uh, Yogi Berra was born. And you know what? I think I, I think I might have some Yogi in me. So I want to I want to hit you with a few Yogiisms. Uh, <laughs> Quote, when you come to a fork in the road, take it. Of course. One of my faves. Uh, you can observe a lot just by watching. <laughs> no one goes there nowadays. It's too crowded. Too crowded. I always thought the record would stand until it was broken. <laughs> it's getting late early out here. That's the best one. I never said most things I said. <laughs> and my favorite, 90% of the game is half mental that's god that's good stuff everything and for you know i, I would throw you is it a, is it a czarism or is it a yogiism you know everything becomes apparent to me after the fact <laughs> you can't lose games in the nfl and expect to win you can't. i think it's it's the czar dilfer and yogi there there's just a, a almost like a generational thing going on how many of those do you think he actually said i have no idea but yogi's he's the goat yeah i agree is his name actually Yogi? What's his actual I, name? Uh, let me look. His name, Lawrence Peter Barra. Huh. Yeah, he was the catcher, and then he was the manager. How about that? From St. Louis. For the Yankees. All right, what else do we have here? Yeah, the Irish Civil War starts to wrap up in May. It had been kind of raging for a year, so... Which it again, I like, encourage you to look that up on your own time. I don't think we're going to really cover that here. Well, I'll, I'll hit I'll hit some some cliff notes here, but basically, Please. the Irish Free State, which is pro treaty forces, uh, kind of northern Northern Ireland, 
and then the anti-treaty Irish Republican Army. Uh, they used to be on the same team when they were during the Easter Rising, and they're fighting the the British, which is, you know, I, I think the the IRA thought that they, they were going to continue with just fuck the king, fuck the queen, fuck the whole crew, and fuck <laughs> Cromwell, too. You know, just like, we don't like the British, but the uh, Irish Free Army signed a treaty. The IRA didn't like that. Unfortunately, the Irish Free Army was supported by the British government uh, when things started popping off. So they took over Dublin pretty quick and then it turned into kind of a guerrilla thing in the West and South of Ireland, hmm. but it didn't really have a chance because they just were outgunned. Um, so that starts to wrap up. And I think, I think, I don't know if it was like right in 1923, but that's kind of how we get Northern Ireland and Ireland. It's kind of starts to get set in stone gotcha. at this point. And they lived happily ever after. Uh, not so much. <laughs> that's all I had on May. Really notable stuff. You got anything? Let's see. New York uh, voted to repeal its prohibition law, which is a biggie. Joseph Heller is born. Catch twenty two. What do we got? Uh, I need to read. I've never read that book. I should probably fire that one up. Yeah, Yosarian and the and the boys. You know, I, I flagged this one just because I thought it was interesting. It seems like a lot of shit's going on in Germany right now. Uh, sure. But on May thirteenth, Mother's Day was given nationwide recognition for the first time in Germany, which kind of feels like it's very nice and i'm sure they appreciate it but it seems like you guys maybe had some other stuff to kind of take care of um you ever been to delmonico's in new york city i haven't no so uh it was widely considered the first uh kind of like fine dining restaurant in in america it was open for 96 years starting in 1827 uh at 23 william street and uh, it ended up closing on uh, May 21st, 1923. Uh, they played Old Lang Syne and uh, closed the doors at 9 o'clock. Uh, and I think they probably sold the name and kind of the the rights to operate to somebody else. And uh, it's probably been running ever since. But the uh, Yeah, it lives on a capitalistic perpetuity. Yeah, so the, the original Delmonico's, which was open for almost 100 years at that time, uh, closed, which was which was interesting. We've got earthquakes going on in Iran. We've got an earth inductor compass uh, being invented. I had to look up what that was and was still still pretty uh, confused. Uh, William Randolph Hearst, the newspaper man, throws his his support behind Henry Ford for president. I thought this quote was interesting. It said Ford would have to run as an independent because the quote political machinery of both the national parties is in the hands of old line reactionaries. Mm. Again, seems like maybe. Maybe we've been on to that one for a while. This two-party system, Neil. Maybe, maybe doing more harm. Uh, that good, also feels take a bit that like uh, the, a pot kettle situation with with. Yeah, I think that's probably. I think that's probably right. And then the last one I had on May twentieth. Uh, are you familiar with who was the British Prime Minister at the time? I am not. I'm just going to spell it out. You tell me what you think his name is. B O N A R uh, Law L A W Boner. Uh, yeah, I think maybe pronounced Bonner Law, but hard to not continually read that as British Prime Minister Boner Law. Uh, but he resigned uh, after seven months in office. Uh, he's got throat cancer, unfortunately. R.I.P. Uh, hate that. All right, on to June. So on to June. I think there was something popping off here in New York City. A lot, of, obviously, a lot. You know, New York City, capital of the world. A lot of stuff going on. But uh, there were some concerns 
uh, about history books that were being taught in the New York City public schools, saying that the War of Independence was an unnecessary war. Uh, basically, a lot of like pro-British, you know, sensibilities ah. in the books. Uh, luckily, we had a commercial, you know, a commission led by David Hirschfield uh, that said those books belong in the furnace. Uh, America first, baby. Let's get this thing going. We had to whip the Brits. Uh, let's get this propaganda out of here. So uh, they found eight textbooks that were seen as pro-British, got rid of them. Interesting. Similar thing. You, you familiar with the U.S. Supreme Court Meyer versus Nebraska? I'm not. So this was uh, basically overturning bans. There was a very, very strong, uh, I'm not going to say understandably, but listen, World War One, big, big, big big war. Uh, so there's a uh, pretty strong anti-German sentiment going on. And so there was a law that basically forbade the teaching of any other languages besides English in uh, public schools. And I think there was a teacher in Nebraska named Robert T. Meyer who was at, teaching at a private Lutheran school. Uh, and he was just teaching a 10-year-old kid German, uh, which, you know, I think a pretty classic language, good one to know. Uh, that didn't go over well, but made it all the way to the Supreme Court. That was over overturned in 20 states. Sorry, the ban was in 20 states. They overturned the ban in the Supreme Court. So now you're able to uh, teach other languages in schools. So there you go. The White House re released President Harding's, quote, Voyage of Understanding, which was the name of his, his tour of a 19-stop speaking tour to travel to 10 Western states, the Canadian province of British Columbia, and the U.S. territory of Alaska, uh, I just really, really loved that it was called the Voyage of Understanding. Uh, it's a bit of a like, "We Here for You" situation, <laughs> kind of like TC's Year of Rejoicing, a little bit. Uh, and obviously, as we covered up front, uh, he he would not return from the Voyage of Understanding. He would die out on the West Coast. So, the Craven Holding Company, pretty pretty soulless name, uh, purchased the trademark for Pepsi Cola. Uh, including the secret manufacturer's uh, process from the soft drinks inventor Caleb Bradham for $30,000, which is equivalent to about 500 grand today. Uh, and Bradham had filed for bankruptcy eight days later, which is tough. Kind of a Oof. like, hey, I think you're onto something, but just couldn't quite get the revenue popping to, to get this thing off the ground, hit exit. He wasn't onto something. Pepsi is a craven drink. Well, it is, but they, they also do $80 billion in revenue. Uh, yeah. Which is, you know, I mean, 530K is certainly nothing to sneeze at. Well, I'm, a, I'm, a, uh, I'm a Coca Cola man. Of course, of course. Brinks unveiled its first armored security vans. Oh, yeah. 23. Probably a good thing as the Roaring 20s are really popping and there's bribes going everywhere. We got Tommy guns flying around. It was just uh, probably a good thing to have. A lot of, lot of talk on the Yankees here, but uh, a young man named Lou Gehrig makes his Yankees debut. Uh, he he comes in in the ninth inning as a defensive substitute, taking over for Wally Pip uh, in a 10-0 win over the St. Louis Brewers. Did you know Lou Gehrig went to Columbia? Of course, I knew that. That was back when the field was on campus. There you He's go, hitting freaking home runs into the uh, what building would that be? It wasn't Butler Library. I think the I can't Wallach Wallach Hall. So okay. quad now at Columbia, it's like enclosed. It's now just like grass and stuff, but it used to be the baseball field. I saw a picture of Lou Gehrig the other day. What a monster, man. He was a unit. What Total an unit. absolute unit. Just kind of always picture a lot of those guys as, you know, not just just a little skinnier, not not kind of yoked out of their minds. What an absolute mammoth that guy was. 
two more. Uh, the American sculptor Gutsan Borglum uh, began carving something I know is near and dear to your heart, uh, the Stone Mountain Memorial. Hell um, yeah. Well, not not really. <laughs> that was a trap. That was a trap. Now, I just remember what that sculpture or that that carving is. It's yes, not good. of course, it was a large image of Robert E. Lee uh, carved onto and not uh, only E. Lee, but outside Atlanta, Longstreet, Stonewall Jackson, all all the all the the hombres, all the boys. Uh, but listen, I feel like I feel like Gutzen kind of kind of called him both ways uh, was also responsible for the carving of Mount Rushmore. So, sure. you know, I think he was just a just probably a pro looking to to take a commission. You know what I mean? Listen, that that sculpture stinks, but Stone Mountain sweet. Just <laughs> there the you biggest go. piece of granite in the world. And then let's continue with the themes. Uh June 27th, uh this was the first refueling of an airplane in flight. How about that? God, air Can you, you know, imagine that? Doing big things right now. Can you imagine doing that now, let alone like you know, in 1923, just dropping a fuel hose and it's just crazy. Just link up, man. Yeah. He refueled uh, the tank of their Airco DH4 biplane from a hose lowered from another DH4. So, I wonder if just gas is just going everywhere. I mean, that couldn't have been be. a, that couldn't have been a tidy first run. <laughs> Probably a couple, couple drips. Yeah. What's your spillage budget? Uh, all right, let's get to let's get to July. Well, hold on, I got a couple oh, I got to right. get in here. Uh, Harry Houdini frees himself from a straitjacket while hanging oh, upside I, down. Oh, how did I miss that? You know I'm a massive Houdini guy. Yeah, listen, that guy was a menace. Uh, Mount Etna erupts in Italy. Yeah, sixty thousand people homeless. Which listen, we always like forget nobody how was many hurt though. Really, right? Like they no, all got out of there in time. Yeah, I guess they they felt the rumbles going on, oh. but I, I feel I mean there's so many just volcanoes that could just pop off at any moment so i, I wonder who's watching that yeah that yellow like that's, one goes we're we're, we're that's a that's a factor you know it's just this is a good reminder and just monitor that uh yeah. military coup in bulgaria alice prime minister alexander stambolitsky then he's killed june 14th hmm. um so that's tough and then the first 24-hour le mans motor race is held and is won by andre Lagash and Rene Lenard. Um, and dads everywhere must be rejoicing for this because it sets off a chain reaction that leads to the Matt Damon Christian Bale uh, <laughs> of course. dad porn movie. Ford versus Ferrari. That's yeah, that's all I got for June. I love it. So let's keep the train rolling, man. We're halfway there. I think I think the second half of the year is a little less interesting. I think we can we can probably yeah. I think July we've got uh Roy Chapman Andrews discovers the first dinosaur egg in Mongolia. Uh, get this, Deej. Oh. He's a Wisconsin native, and he's a Columbia grad. How about that? Get out of here. For, for a little, you know, he's just panting to the trap jaw right now. Yeah. Uh, and rumor has it, though George Lucas has never admitted this, uh, he is one of or the inspiration for Indiana Jones. So as I said earlier, big time for adventurers uh, really? right now. And then he can be the the uh, I guess the chairman or the president of the National Nat uh, Natural History Museum here in New York City, and he was a, a he was given an honorary, like, lifetime, like, Boy Scout Emeritus honor from the Boy Scouts of America, which is it's, very cool. It can't be a lot of those, I would imagine. Um, it's uh, it's got to be – it's so wild to think that, you know, I, I feel like it's very underrated that Indiana Jones is also just like a college professor. Yeah. <laughs> like, no, no, no. He's got the bona fides, man. Yeah, he knows his way around a bullwhip and a pistol, and he can swing from the rope, and he can do all that stuff too, but, like – Guy's also very well read. I don't know that I, I just 
it's interesting pitching that character. I love it. Well, but that's the thing with these adventures. Like they go out and do all this crazy stuff. Just like almost it's, it's the profession is almost rooted in ask for forgiveness, not permission. <laughs> right. But then what they don't get enough credit for is that they come back and they write it all down. Right. They're, they're almost like the, the original uh, self promoters, like yeah. <laughs> you know, influencers in a way, because like they basically are just like, yo, this is what I did. Check this shit out. Right. Like check out this dinosaur egg that I found. There's right. I'm selfie, just going to go out selfie of me in front of the pyramids. Truly. I'm just going to go make shit happen and I'm going to write it down. And you guys have to like acknowledge that that was sick. So <laughs> you have to admit it, it. You have to admit that that was sick. No, I'm just going to go on this expedition. They like convince a rich guy to fund it and then come back and be like, check this shit out. So that's cool. So Roy Chapman Andrews, look him up. Interesting cat. Uh, construction on starts on the Sydney Harbor bridge. Want to make sure that our hitters in Australia know that we're, yeah. we're we're not we making you. this U.S. centric. Yeah, we see you. Also, massive brush fire in Australia in 1923, uh, and that was also the year that uh, Australia created their old age and invalid program, which is basically their version of uh, social security, but with a little bit more um, visceral name. <laughs> uh, what <laughs> else happened call, in July? Just call it what it is. Uh, the Open Championship, of course, July 2nd to July 7th, which is my birthday. Uh, where was it held, Deej? Muirfield. No, Royal Troon Golf Club in Scotland. Ah, Winner close. Arthur Havers of England emerged as the champion. I, and I don't know. I have a few other golf-related ones, even though this isn't a golf podcast. But the U.S. Open, which may have been – I'm not sure what month it was in. It was um, in July, July 15th. And I was July just going to remark, I, I didn't know that the U.S. Open used to be after the British Open. So Bobby Jones wins first professional major over Bobby Cruikshank at Inwood Country Club. Yeah, I believe that's 20, 21 years old. Uh, he won the playoff with a cumulative score of plus eight and a prize of $500. There you uh, go. Don't spend it all Gene, in one place. Gene Sarazen won the PGA Championship at Pelham Country Club, which is up north uh, of the Bronx. Those were all uh, in July, huh? Yeah. And then Zev, Zev wins the Kentucky Derby in Belmont but loses – vigil in the preakness so almost had a triple crown winner in 1923 as well worth noting uh what else do i have for july let me work through here um bob dolesborn that's a good one how about that um god bob dole was old when he ran for president uh and then poncho villa dies oh no this is no july 5th or june uh july 20th july 20th okay well, Mexican bandit and the uh, governor of Chihuahua, yeah. uh, he was just a thorn in Woodrow Wilson's side. Um, so Wilson basically sent you know a U.S. Army regiment after him, and they they basically assassinated him. But after Wilson left office, I believe, kind of a Godfather Tollbooth style uh, execution as well. Just really lit that car up. Tough, tough scene for Pancho yeah. Um. I got just a couple, a couple other ones, kind of picking up on some uh, some threads that we uh, that we had going. This one kind of reminded me of Tron a little bit. Did you see the thing about Warren G. Harding on uh, July second? What he's doing during his uh, what was it called? The Voyage of Understanding. Yeah. Uh, no. Exactly one month before his death, U.S. President Warren G. Harding quote realized a boyhood ambition by being allowed to drive a railway locomotive. Uh, he just, he took a lesson, uh, as far as like how all the buttons and levers work. Did they let him drive the trade for a little while? 
you know, I think through a, a steep downgrade through the Bitterroot Mountains in Montana. Uh, and and he uh, he made it all the way to Spokane, Washington. Um, he, he just he absolutely ate it up. Just loved it. Loved it. Used it as a he used it as kind of a a, a time to really speak down on some of the the ultra conservationists. Like, hey, this is progress. Look at me driving this train. Uh, but then Look he balanced, how big my locomotive is. But then he balanced that out uh, by vowing to add four hundred thousand acres to Yellowstone National Park as well. Um, that makes sense. No wonder he called his junk a locomotive. <laughs> uh, uh, why does that remind you of TC? That just seems like Tron. That would be one of Tron's things. Like, dog, I got to drive this train. It was fucking sick. Uh, well, listen, I'm probably in that bucket too because all I want to do is a fly, a you know, a fly along with a fighter jet. There's just something really funny about like the guy was president of the United States, complete stick man. But his one dream that he needed to realize before he died, he just he wanted to drive a big ass train. It's uh, it's just something really funny about that. Uh, I wanted to to shout Cody out uh, on this one. Fourth of July. Of course, you know champion boxer Jack Dempsey. Uh, he fought challenger Tommy Gibbons in the town of Shelby, Montana, which How is where the that? where the code man's from. Very, very, very small town. Uh, apparently, there were like twenty thousand people there, uh, most of whom did not buy a ticket. And uh, Dempsey beat the shit out of them. Um, so, just you know, worth worth <laughs> shouting that out. We had uh, the first quote perfect copy of the printed Gutenberg Bible. I know you're a big. Gutenberg guy can't stop making presses on the golf course sure. uh, was uh, purchased in the United States. I'm sorry. The first perfect copy of the Bible in the United States was purchased at auction in London for 9,000 pounds, $43,350 in the dollar to pound exchange rate at that time. So you can kind of see how the, uh, the pound is strong. <laughs> has changed. The yeah. pound is very strong. And then uh, 11 o'clock, Warren G. Harding becomes the first U.S. president to visit Canada. That's kind of kind of surprising. Yeah, uh, that is very surprising. 1923. That's, that's interesting. Uh, president Harding cancels a visit to Oregon and Yosemite National Park due to illness. This is when that, uh, you know, maybe kind of like food spoilage poisoning starts to take over. We're, we're obviously nearing the end for, for Warren Harding. And then July 31st, Neil, I'm surprised you didn't flag this. Uh, the cargo ship SS Lesbian was launched by the Ellerman Lines. You're a bad guy. It was uh, built by some shipbuilders in Liverpool, and it was uh, named in honor, you know, to honor the inhabitants of the Greek Isle of Lesbos, not uh, for lesbian sexual orientation. Ultimately, became a warship though, and it was uh, it was scuttled during World War II just outside of Beirut. So if you're ever doing any uh, scuba diving. Outside of Beirut, you can you can go visit the uh, cargo ship SS Lesbian sitting out there at the bottom of the ocean. God, scuttle's a good word. I might have to get that word. one in the rotation. Really, really good. Uh, anything else from July? No, that's all I had. Um, yeah, let's let's move to August. Let's. So Warren G. Harding dies August second, uh, seven thirty p.m. at San, in San Francisco, as you mentioned. Uh, and honestly, a lot of. Uh, a lot of this month is just going to be a you know kind of mourning the death of a president, right? Calvin Coolidge is out in uh, Vermont at the time. He gets sworn in uh, by his dad, who is a notary public, under the light of a kerosene lamp. His first order of business is like we need to declare a, uh, a national mourning and prayer day uh, for Warren Harding. 
And, you know, they're, they're kind of just trying to get through, uh, get through the month after that. Baseball commissioner Kennesaw Mountain Landis uh, cancels all the games of the day, which I only wanted to mention because I did not know that the guy's name was Kennesaw Mountain Landis. Kennesaw That's, Mountain. You know where that is? Uh, I assume just outside of Atlanta, Kennesaw, it Georgia. Is. That's right. But, yeah, Kennesaw Mountain Landis. Not spelled like Big, big Randy. Big Civil War battle fought at Kennesaw Mountain. So I'm guessing it has something to do with that. Just a heck of a name. Iowa, Iowa Senator Albert B. Cummins on August 5th kind of uses Harding's death as a opportunity to say, hey, maybe we should just have one-term presidents. Maybe the, the, the weight of the presidency is not really something that, that many men can handle. Why are we trying to do two terms? Uh, maybe I could meet you with, a six, with one six-year term, but even that I'm not so sure about. Um, but obviously that does, does not go through, but an interesting conversation, certainly, uh, on August 6th, Henry Sullivan, Neil becomes the first American to do what it takes him 27 hours and 25 minutes. Fly across the country. No, it's a good guess. Drive across country. No, to swim the English channel. Oh God, that was, that was a layup. No, no, no. That was a hard one. No, I wouldn't have got that right either. That was a, that was a tough 27 hours. Swimming is a lot. 27 hours of swimming. You know what's really tough is, and I feel kind of bad for our, our guy here, Henry Sullivan. I'm, I'm you know proud you're an American. That's an amazing feat. That was on August 6th. On August 12th, Argentine swimmer uh, Enrique Tirabaki uh, swam the English Channel in 16 hours and 33 minutes. So just absolutely Taste dust, it. dusted him. Just beat him by 11 hours. <laughs> true, a true K-lastima for our guy Sullivan. Yeah, so so that's that's tough. Uh, not much else. Wilhelm Kuno resigned as the Chancellor of Germany. Obviously, as you mentioned on the top, things are kind of just a total shit show going on. Hyperinflation, Weimar Republic, things of that nature. Uh, we got a series of tidal waves hitting Korea. 346 people uh, perished in And that. listen, that's going to get worse in September. For sure. This was an interesting one. A lot of dancing stuff. Let me know if you can explain this. The city of Kalamazoo, Michigan, passed an ordinance forbidding dancers to stare into their partner's eyes. It was illegal to do that. I don't know if people were just getting too H. They couldn't. Yeah, couldn't sounds like it. some super H statutes there. <laughs> just couldn't like contain themselves. I, I don't really know, but uh, that that was an interesting one. I've never heard of that law. Um, but we'll be sure not to break it if I'm ever in Kalamazoo, Michigan. Uh, you know I'm a big Chicago White Sox fan, of course. Yes. My guy Sloppy Thurston uh, on August 22nd throws an immaculate inning. You know what an immaculate inning is? Nine pitches. Nine pitches, three strikeouts. Uh, it was the first immaculate inning to ever occur in extra innings. He, threw, he did it in the 12th inning, so shout out to Sloppy Thurston uh, on that one. And How many, uh, are there like any other notable immaculate innings? Is that that's got to be rare, super rare? Uh, I think it happens like one, maybe once every four or five years. But I, I have so to is that out. more rare than a perfect game? I think so. I think okay. so. But I would have to would have to check the, the stats. This one reminded me of uh, of you and the boys again. The more things change, the more they stay the same. August twenty sixth. A group of six young men became the first persons to climb to the top of Mount Washington in uh, the state of Oregon. So, uh, How about that, just you can see that of, from Rainier. From, yeah, reminded me of you, you and, the, and your buddies. How how tall was Rainier? Uh, let me see, fourteen thousand four hundred and ten feet. All right, this was only seventy seven hundred feet. 
but I think it was an active volcano, which maybe Rainier is too. It still is. Yeah, yeah you, so got, you maybe can both see. Are. I think Mount Washington, Mount Adams, and Mount St. Helen all kind of like just hanging out out there. This one was uh, – I saw on Wikipedia. I didn't really have time to click into it, but uh, August 31st, it just says the United States formally recognized Mexico. I don't know what that means. It seems like Mexico has been around for a really long time. Uh, yeah. That's so I, cool. I don't know if it's maybe – Whoever it was, stamped it. Yeah. I don't know if they just never got around to making it official or – if maybe it was just like kind of a big collection of states at the time. I, I don't know what was going on. But uh, last one I had for you, just because I, I know this is going to tickle you as well. August 28th, a guy named John Lloyd Wright officially registers a patent for Lincoln Logs. Hell uh, yeah. The, the notched wooden toys. Uh, apparently those have been around since 1923. So, so there uh, you go. Did any relation to Andrew Lloyd Wright? Uh, I'll, I'll look into that. I'll Phantom into of that. the Opera? That's Andrew Lloyd Webber, I think. Ah, oh, damn it. Okay. Frank uh, Lloyd Wright. Frank Lloyd Wright. Andrew Lo Lloyd Webber. Yeah. Okay. That's, God, that's imagine the me. collab between those two. Yeah. God, that's good stuff. Oh, and just to circle back, the most recent Immaculate Inning this year, May 24th. Really? Two days ago. What? I totally missed Johan it. Johan Oviedo of the Pittsburgh Pirates. Unreal. What a, I mean, the Pirates, just kids of destiny maybe this year. Yeah, looks like, let me see. Yeah, man. Got a bunch of news Google Google News blowing up. Unreal. Johan Oviedo a couple days ago. So that's that's outrageous. how about that, man? You know what they say? History doesn't repeat itself, but it rhymes. It rhymes. That's exactly right. I forget it. Anything else in August? Are we go are we on to September? No, I think we're on to September. And listen, this is probably the event of 1923. 142,000 people are killed uh by an Oof. earthquake in Japan. Um, this is of course the Jesus Great Kanto earthquake it devastates tokyo and yokohama uh yeah not good uh i don't have a ton like on it because it's just like kind of bleak it, which is another thing about like looking up like og history it's yeah. it's really a lot of bleak stuff yeah um so you it's gotta dig all, for the happy dance stuff. marathons unfortunately but the earthquake had a magnitude of 7.9 um and it just hit a really really populated area so and i think it sent out some like mega tsunamis all over the pacific Ugh. yikes um so i will let me, let me see if it uh kind of a tough tough couple of decades for our friends in Japan. uh yeah a tsunami with waves up to 33 feet high struck the coast of saga sagami bay um let's see there were 57 aftershocks which is you know that's tough Anyway, that's uh, that was in September. So listen, as we said, we'll let you go do, do your own research on on the earthquake. Another kind of tragedy: six U.S. Navy destroyers are lost in the Honda Point disaster. I'm not familiar with that. So basically, they were they were steaming down the coast from San Francisco to uh, Los Angeles, and I think things get really craggy and hairy and foggy right around the uh, like you come around Big Sur, and then basically like where Santa Barbara juts out. Santa Barbara kind of faces directly south. And I think the Honda Point is like out there on the, you know, western edge. And so they're around the corner and the, the it sounds like the lead ship was the guy commanding was an idiot. And he was trying to use like some new technology and all the homies were following too closely behind him. And they all just ran into the rocks. Oof. And like, I think, yeah, six destroyers are, you know, like um, kind of a self scuttle. Self, yeah, well, a bit of a, um, 
yeah, an un, unscheduled scuttling, if you will, um, rapid disassembly of yeah. the ships. And then I think a couple at the back of the convoy were like, kind of like, hey, man, maybe like we shouldn't be this close to the shore. And they kind of were able to avoid it. So that happened in September. And then Bum Phillips is born. Do you know who Bum <laughs> Phillips is? <laughs> I don't. I just know that Spencer Hall has had his his Twitter name has been Bum Phillips for years and years. Bum Phillips was a legendary Houston Oilers coach and New Orleans Saints coach. He's also the dad of Wade Phillips. Really? Yes. I did so not know that. Bum Phillips is the original Phillips, and he's kind of the goat. And then Wade is his son, famed defensive coordinator slash NFL head coach. Wade's a, Wade's kind of an all time. Uh, like sideline cam guy would always bring a, a chuckle to my face seeing Wade Phillips on the sideline. Guys had a great career. I mean, just nepotism at its finest, but he's also, I think, you know, earned his right in the NFL. Sure. So Bum Phillips is born in September of 1923. What else you got for me in September? I don't have anything else. This was when I finally realized that I was researching the wrong months and uh, I, I locked back into my own months here. So September's all you, man. So I, we're going right, to well, trust well, that you got it all. Take me to October. Okay, October, a couple things. Uh, big first thing that pops up, we've got a standoff at the Kentucky State Penitentiary. Uh, we've got a couple of, uh, of convicts who basically ob obtained some guns. I couldn't figure out how they got the guns. Uh, and, and they really wanted to just shoot their way out of this prison. Didn't end up working, uh, but they were able to like barricade themselves in uh, inside the mess hall. And there was this like three-day standoff that, that started to go on. That started on October 3rd. Uh, on October 5th, the National Guard gets together, realizes what's going on. They start throwing some gas-filled grenades through the windows. I, I think there's just not a lot of contact going on with these uh, with these inmates. They can't really you know, get them to come out. They can't really get them to fire back. They don't really know what's going on. Uh, and it all becomes a lot clearer on October 6th when the authorities finally storm the barricade. Uh, and it turns out that, that the three convicts have been dead for like two days. Um, oh. I think they just killed themselves. I think they were like, well, we barricaded ourselves in here. We gave it a good run, but we're not getting out. So, uh, they, they opted out at that point, October 4th, your boy, Charlton Heston. Oh God. Ripped he, from he, his he, mother's cold, dead hands. Yeah. Uh, you, you he ripped this born. one from my cold, dead hands. <laughs> I knew you'd have that one on the list. Uh, so, so we got that. Moses is born amongst the reeds here, here. Uh, we, uh, we have the French evening newspaper, uh, the Paris evening news, which would become a very big deal, uh, leading up and into world war two that, uh, releases its first issue. I got two football stories for you, Neil. I've got one, uh, pretty like dark one and one kind of stupid and funny one which one do you want first give me the dark one first all right i think these both happened on the same day too which i guess would make sense because you know obviously college football is probably playing saturdays or whatever but iowa state college star jack trice are you familiar with this name yes it is the name of the iowa state football field uh from strap season one that's exactly right. Uh, so he was one of the few African-American players played on a white college football team. Obviously a, a pretty big deal at those times. Not a lot of people were, there were a lot of people who weren't excited about that. He was able to travel with the team. He was able to like stay in the same hotel, but they wouldn't let him eat in the same dining room even. Just like mucho not good stuff. Uh, he was playing in the Cyclones 20-17 to 17 loss against the University of Minnesota. Tough one coming up here for you, uh, Gophers. 
listening, but uh, during the second play of the game, Trice's collarbone was broken. Uh, he insisted he was fine, returned to the game, wouldn't kind of wouldn't take no for an answer. Third quarter, uh, while attempting to tackle a University of Minnesota ball carrier, he ended up on his back uh, after a roll block, which was a play that is, of course, now not allowed, uh, and was just absolutely trampled by Minnesota players. It's been widely speculated that you know this was kind of done on purpose because he was a black player, claimed to be fine, uh, but he wasn't able to stand. He was removed from the game, sent to a hospital, uh doctors said you're totally fine to travel he got on the train back to Ames with his teammates and died a couple days later from hemorrhaged lungs and internal bleeding so as a result of that death Iowa State did not renew its contract to play against Minnesota for 66 years uh so this was 1923 the teams didn't play again until 1989 wild so that is wild bleak story uh you know that that saw Jack Trice come to an end. Much funnier story, I think, involving uh, some some colleges up your way. Niagara College and Colgate uh, played a a now very famous game. Do you know what happened in this game? I don't. So I'm getting it's it's written very confusingly, but I believe it was agreed upon before the game that they were going to play eight minute quarters instead of okay. fifteen. I don't know why. I don't know if I don't know what caused that or why they needed to shorten the game or I don't know what was going on but apparently there was like a coach's agreement that they were going to play eight minute quarters and then Colgate totally refused to adhere to that they said this is bullshit we're playing 15 minute quarters I I like or or it might have been the other way around I, I don't remember who was like refusing to play eight minutes but either way Niagara's coach just refused to take part in this like travesty of a game I think it was Niagara that was like, I'm I'm not gonna like I'm not gonna sully you guys by having you play eight minute quarters. Like this is not how you play football. If you're not playing 60 minutes, it doesn't even count. So he just instructed his players to refuse to tackle the Colgate players. They just wouldn't do it. This absolutely wouldn't do it. They refused to tackle them. Nonviolent protest. Nonviolent protest. And uh you're, this is gonna shock you, but Colgate uh ended up winning the game fifty five to nothing. Hell yeah. Uh, they just, yeah, they just simply wouldn't tackle them. Looks like Niagara showed them. Yeah, exactly. So there you go. I think the Colgate, I forget the guy's name, but there was a guy that scored like 43 of the points or something like that, which is uh, still a Colgate record. So any any Colgate listeners out there, I think, you know, I think we both know that's, that's kind of bullshit if that hasn't been uh, broken by now. Couple other things. We've got the the first section of the Appalachian Trail uh, is is kind of earmarked. It was a path from uh, Bear Mountain in New York down to the Delaware Water Gap, uh, sure. on the, the border of New Jersey and Pennsylvania. Uh, it was about sixteen miles. Obviously, now stretches all the way down uh, into Georgia, but got to start somewhere. Uh, we've got a, a massive hunger strike going on uh, by Michael Kilroy. Uh, how long do you think this hunger strike went? Longest in Irish history. I want to say a month. Six weeks. Pretty close. Six weeks. Unbelievable. you imagine not eating for six weeks? No. That would be... Hunger strikes make me uncomfortable. Uh, yeah, yeah. I think that's I think that's what they're going for. Uh, but he did not die. I think they, they acquiesced at, at the end, um, which has got to be pretty validating. Yankees, just to close the loop on this, win the World Series, beat the Giants, uh, the New York Giants. That is, yeah, 
group of three young men from Bombay Weightlifting Club in India uh, set out from Bombay with the goal of becoming the first people to travel around the world by bicycle. Uh, they yeah. would they would return five years later after traveling forty four thousand miles. I tried to look up a lot of like a lot more about this and couldn't really find anything because the Bombay Bicycle Club like just kept popping up. I couldn't find anything else other than other. Than I wonder that. if those are like the bikes with the big front wheel and the little back wheels. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Uh, but you know, shout out to uh, shout out to those guys. The last one, I think. Uh, actually, I, I got two more. October sixteenth. Walt Disney Company was founded. I think we skipped over this earlier, but Warner Brothers also founded this same year. So things obviously about to to wildly buck out in and, Hollywood. And the Hollywood sign is commissioned in. Oh, I missed that. That's yeah. a cool one. You know how old Walt Disney was when the company started? I, he was pretty old, wasn't he? No, twenty one. Oh, really? Yeah, I had no idea. And his thirty year old brother Roy, Roy yeah, O. Roy, Disney. Roy was a menace. Yeah, they uh, they started out by signing a contract to produce the Alice Comedies film series, and uh, Roy would later buy out most of, or I'm sorry, Walt would buy out Roy's Roy's half of the company in 1929. Uh, and then the last thing, patent for the drop ceiling uh, was oh. was issued. So drop ceiling, you know, you, you don't realize how many of those are out there, but it all starts back with Eric E. Hall in 1923. Love that. Well, listen, Deej, I I need to circle back and make sure that your boy Charlton Heston gets a, like his due here. Uh, that, that was another tangent I went on, which is actually pretty interesting. So he's born John Charles Carter. Do you know where he was born? Atlanta. Will Met. Really? Just outside Chicago. Him and Bill North Murray. Side. And TC, Tron That's Carter. That's right. God, how about that? How about that? He appeared in over 100 films. Uh, you know, I've never seen Ben Hur. I need to fire that up. That's but uh, obviously won, the, won know, the Academy Award. I know Ten Commandments. I've you know seen that more times than I, I I probably wanted to. Just to pause there. So you're of course talking about the 1956 Ten Commandments, the original C- Cecil B. DeMille. His uh, his first uh, Ten Commandments comes out December 4th. So oh, 20, of, 1923? Of 1923. Yeah. So it, it premieres uh, in Hollywood on December 4th, 1923, and then he would obviously kind of do a remake in 1956 that became wildly, wildly popular. God, we used to have – did you ever have those like – when you go on like long road trips, the little like TV with the the VHS player that plugs into the cigarette lighter? Yeah. We had one of those, and we would all – I had two brothers, and so the three of us would just rotate like choosing a movie, right? Like DJ picks one, Tom picks one, Alex picks one. And my brother Tom would always pick the Ten Commandments. Always. He just loved it. He was like he was like four years old and he just couldn't stop watching the Ten Commandments. It's like five hours long. It's just yeah, so, yeah. It's like the one one of the few things they used to run it like commercial free on Easter. <laughs> yeah. Right? I can't remember which channel, maybe CBS, but uh yeah. So, you know, everyone knows Heston is as Moses. I mean, there's always a weird thing when people just like straight up change their names like charlton yeah. heston like that's <laughs> kind of weirds me out but i mean i guess you know tron carter big randy you could argue right. sure. similar uh turns out everyone knows him as the uh, my cold dead hands the nra president from 1998 to 2003 check it out he was a massive civil rights guy massive democrat really huge huge democrat uh in the 50s and 60s and then he kind of like 
changes his tune, supports Nixon. He's and then you're, you're uh, he's like very anti-war, but then he starts supporting Nixon. Uh, switches to Republican in the '80s to support his homeboy Ronald Reagan. Uh, starts a conservative pack and kind of goes off the deep end a little bit. Uh, at a time war, and then he becomes like the original culture warrior, which a, a lot like, of this kind of the John Voight's kind of running the Charlton Heston playbook. I, I don't know. It's just he's like, no man. Like I think he got really turned off by the uh, by the '60s, like and the um, McCarthy. He he was anti McCarthy, but then. Like, I don't know, he flips like around the Nixon time period. So need to dig into that a little bit more. But at a Time Warner stockholders meeting, Heston castigated the company for releasing an Ice-T album, which included a song <laughs> Cop Killer about killing police officers. Of course. You know, like I said, the original culture warrior in the 90s from a commencement address at Harvard, quote, you are the best and brightest you here in this fertile cradle of American academia, here in this castle of learning on the Charles River. You are the cream. But I submit that you and your counterparts across the land are the most socially conformed and politically silenced <laughs> generation since Concord Bridge. And as long as you validate that and abide by it, you are, by your grandfather's standards, cowards. End quote. So to, there's just, you know, I think there might be some validity there. Yeah, it sounds like he just started going ham on the, like, you know, this political correctness. We weren't. You know that we would still be subjects of of uh, King George if <laughs> Americans were politically correct. A uh, lot of like you know white guys can't catch a break stuff coming out of uh, Heston in the late eighties and nineties. And then yes, it's gonna get a lot over, worse for Charlie before it gets better. Gets gets deep in the NRA and then he gets Alzheimer's in like the early two thousands. Mm. Uh, and then he kind of like he, he was in that uh, Bowling for Columbine. Michael Moore kind of like I never set, saw that. Yeah, he like sets him up. Uh, yeah. obviously Heston has a poor showing gets up from the interview, doesn't come back. Uh, so late in life, I think maybe he should have exited stage left, but I just was blown away that he was like a really, yeah. really outspoken what a, what a civil rights activist, uh, in the fifties and sixties. Huh. And then he's just like, nah, man, like we've, we've lost the plot is, is what it sounds like. Uh, and yeah. then another guy that was born in, uh, 1923 in October of 1923 is Roy Lichtenstein. Really? The, uh, the pop artist. Yeah, he's yeah. born in New York City, kind of an upper middle class, kind of born into some wealth. Uh, went to the Ohio State University, uh, and then he's professor, and then he kind of gets deep into the painting. I think it's worth noting, he's one of the few artists that seemed to get rich and famous while still alive. Uh, the homie lived in uh, charmed, uh, kind of a charmed life, splitting time between New York City and Southampton. Uh, also had a uh, house on Captiva Island. Mm. Uh was was married for a long time. They, I think he dumped his wife, started dating a 22-year-old when he was like 65. Sure. So it kind of seems like he got a little little H later in life. But <laughs> probably doing uh, too much staring into people's eyes. Yeah, he like he sounds like he made a ton of money though. So um worth noting. All right. So moving on to November. We mentioned it earlier, the beer hall poots. Yeah. Poot poosh, whatever it is. So yeah, Hitler and Ludendorff with 600 stormtroopers roll into the uh, Munich beer hall and kind of break up a town hall meeting. Uh, then they start marching through the streets. Turns out they, they kind of get their asses kicked by the Munich police and the uh, Bavarian army. So they ended up putting Hitler on trial. He goes to jail, writes Mein Kampf, gets out. It, you know, as, as said earlier, tough scene there, but yeah. by this point, it seems like things in Germany are, are just in just in a really bad spot. 
And honestly, man, I didn't have a ton more from November. It's that almost like sucked up a lot of the oxygen. Yeah. That's a, yeah. Hitler's arrested, the hyperinflation. Oh, yeah. Well, no, that's December. The Finnish flag carrier airline Finnair has started. Okay. That's about it. You got anything else? Uh, I don't have anything else in November. No good births or deaths? No, I didn't have any. I got some good stuff for December, though. Uh, all right. Well, let's let's get to it. Final month. So we mentioned Ten Commandments. That, that debuts uh, December 4th. December 8th. So the U.S. Senate had declined to ratify the Treaty of Versailles. Um, so U.S. Secretary of State Charles Evans Hughes and Germany's Ambassador Otto Wiedefeldt uh, signed the Treaty of Friendship, Commerce, and Consular Relations between Germany and the United States of America, which has sounds very nice. And, you know, I haven't re- read up on it, but I assume everything just goes well between the U.S. and Germany from there on out now that the Treaty of Friendship is signed. You got anything? Sure. To- yo, <laughs> Germans probably, yo, your, your French buddies are fucking <laughs> crushing us, man. <laughs> Yeah, so just kind of a funny, funny treaty of uh, treaty of friendship name there. But uh, we've got National Dairy Products Corporation being founded. That, of course, would go on to become what company? Do you know? Um, National Dairy Products Corporation. Is it the the convenience store uh, in Ohio? The uh, I IGA. I, no ID. I can't remember the name. Either either way, no, it's not. It's the Kraft okay. Corporation. Oh, uh, how about now? That? Now called Kraft Heinz. Not that's not how Robert Kraft made his money. That's exactly. I I wanted to jump through the phone while I was listening to that. Neil, I'm with you. I always thought that that's how he made his money too. So I I've, I felt a lot of uh, validation there with you. So thanks for putting yourself out there on the line. We've got the Board of Regents of the University of California system uh, voting to turn its southern branch from a three-year junior college into a four-year program. That would, of course, become UCLA. Uh, that's kind of interesting. Uh, I'm going to beat you to this one. I'm sure you got it on your list. Born December 12th, Bob Barker. Of course, of course. And of co- and actually in famous golf movie character history, born on December 7th, Ted Knight. You may know him as Judge Smales. How about that? He was also born. Uh, we've Bob got Barker the, grew up on a on a Rosebud Indian Reservation in Washington State. <laughs> I did not absolutely yeah, did not know he, that. A bit of a Elizabeth Warren. He used used to say, you know, he had some. He was really uh, had some. Yeah, his dad was an electrical worker. Worked on like high lines uh, in the West. His mom was a, a teacher on the reservation. Huh. So grew up there. Met his wife uh, in like middle school, and then she died in 1981. But he spent 35 years hosting The Price Is Right. Uh, and Legend. it's the longest running daytime game show in television history. Uh, massive animal rights guy. And then it seems like when his wife, Dorothy Joe, dies in 1981, he never remarries, but he kind of it seems like he got oh, kind of super H in, in the 90s. A couple yeah, of sexual was, harassment claims. He was and kissing everybody when they were some, coming up on stage and stuff. Yeah. And he fired some women because they wouldn't, you know, back him when this woman was, you know, brought a case against him. So, Listen, maybe another guy that stayed on stage too long. Who, who yeah. can say? I don't. I don't think I want to see how the sausage was made as far as how the uh, showcase showdown talent got their jobs or their priority. Come rankings. on down. Uh, I'm. I'm good on. I'm good on that. The less I know, the better on on that one. Not much else going on in December. December 24th, the tradition of the National Christmas Tree in D.C. was started. 
you know, the, the hundred, uh, member choir is out there. We've got this massive, massive tree with 2,500 electric bulbs on it. Um, you know, so that's a thing we got our guy, Gustav Eiffel, the, yep. he dies, the French engineer, uh, best known for, you guessed it, the Eiffel tower and the statue of Liberty. And people don't know this, but Eiffel agreed to build the locks for the Panama canal which ended in the biggest financial scandal in French history. And then that's when Teddy and, and, and the boys swooped in and finished the uh, Panama Canal. Uh, the book, A Path Between Two Seas, is a basically a history of the Panama Canal. I couldn't recommend it more. David McCullough, awesome really? stuff. Yes. So God, Eiffel, I have absolutely no idea. Yeah, they took out all these like bonds, government bonds, and all these like French, you know, normal French people got hosed, completely hosed. Like it all went belly up. They... Building the Panama Canal is fascinating. So Eiffel, yeah, he he like slapped his name on this like last ditch effort to raise enough money to finish the canal, and it just went basically went belly up. Whew, what a legacy! I mean, two pretty big dubs though as well. Oh yeah, massive dubs. Uh, I think you know I didn't know this, but the Statue of Liberty was commissioned by Joseph Pulitzer. Really? I didn't yeah. Know that either. Yeah. So uh, and yeah. you know what, Eiffel, born in Dijon, France. <laughs> i'm a massive dijon mustard guy so that, sure. that, uh, that tickled me as well pass the gray poupon december 30th we've got a guy named dutch anderson who's a danish born uh, american gang member he escapes from you need to be on the lookout uh he gets past your boys at the atlanta federal prison uh through a that. tunnel through a tunnel with three other convicts he soon uh he when he got out he teamed back up with his former crime partner gerald chapman and they just kind of ran amok for another like two years. Like the classic, like, fuck, man, how did we let that guy out? Now he's out there just causing problems again. We can't find him. Uh, he eventually got gunned down a couple years later by his protege, which is tough. So Dutch Anderson might be a, an interesting deep dive for anybody. And then the last thing I had, just again, to kind of point to where things are headed, uh, we've got a Russian-born American engineer named Vladimir K. Zworkin. Uh, I had this one, too. He is uh, working at the Westinghouse Electric and Manufacturing Company, and he files an application uh, for a patent on something called the television system, uh, which was granted on uh, eventually way down the line, granted on December 20th, 1938. But it kicks off in 1923 here. So it's coming, man. It's coming. Which Entertainment is, is coming. Basically, the, the iconoscope is what he invented which right. is the early television camera tube, which allows you to turn, I guess, colors into electrical current, which I, I still don't know right. how TVs work. It truly blows my freaking mind. So yeah. uh, you know what? Also, sound on disc recording is invented in 1923 at Western Electric and Bell Labs. So mm. I think that's when the uh, the record and uh, maybe like, you know, CDs start to become a possibility. Uh, a couple other inventions from 1923, the iron lung, which oh. was a respiratory help, help people to you sir basically the early ventilator help yeah. those affected with polio and kind of re revolutionized treatment and respiratory conditions insulated wire is also created oh, well that uh, makes sense there's so many fucking fires i didn't really want to get yeah. into them but god just so many like psychiatric hospital fires so many a lot of stuff burning yeah, think, you know those wires heating up in those old walls and weird insulation it's got it's got to be we had some some old like knob and tube wiring in our house that we had to get rid of some uninsulated wires from way back in the day. 
Uh, the only uh, other thing I have from December, there the Gleno Dam in Italy, in Italy uh, burst and killed 356 people. Um, we don't hear a lot about dam bursting anymore. No, I think a good thing. got that under control. But, you know, something to another thing to monitor along with seismic activity. Totally. Um, and I'm just looking here, a couple, couple other famous people born that we missed. Have you, ever, have you heard of this guy, Uncle Jack? Uh, I don't think so. All right, so he's a TikTok star. Okay. World War II veteran, 99 years old. He just answers follower questions and does hood rat stuff with his nephew. <laughs> and apparently he's got like a million TikTok followers. But <laughs> kind of uh, sounds I, like it aligns with my interest. So I, yeah, I, I think you should check him out. out. I watched a few of his videos. You know, he's he's a little jaded. He's, you know, he's always going to dermatology appointments. He hates them. He's got some like open wounds on his face, but he's still doing the damn thing. And uh, 99 years old. Awesome. I turned 100 at some point this year. And then Hank Williams was born. Oh, how did we miss that? The original Hank. And you know what? I went to a Hank 3 concert in like 2014. It so is hostile. to this day the weirdest <laughs> musical experience of my life. San Francisco. I've just never ever seen like the, the music was so hostile and bad and but there were like the place was packed and people were going nuts for it and i guess that's his grandson hank three and it's like this just awful metal stuff i i don't know so anyway the original hank williams was born in 1923 wow i feel like we emptied the chamber you got anything else no i think that's it who are you giving the mvp of 1923 to oh man that's a great question um Time I mean, I Magazine just started. Who's 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 our man of the year, 1923? Person of the year, I should say. I feel like it's got to be... Man, this is tough. Um, Roy Chapman Andrews in the Dinosaur Egg. That's a good a, one. It's kind of a dark horse for me. Man, I mean, the, the insulin guys, Sir Frederick Banting and Charles Best. That's, yeah. that's big. Maybe they don't realize how big it is at the time, though. No, but I feel like that's no. I I, I was kind of going the same same direction there. I, I think that's a really big one. Uh, there was a guy doing uh, all these promotions at Yankee Stadium. Did you read about this guy, Tex Rickard? No. Uh, he he was a guy that uh, he kind of like. I think he held like the first massive boxing event at Yankee Stadium. Got like eighty thousand people in there somehow. He was also incorporating like for new Madison Square Garden. I think he was just like a very big mover and shaker in kind of like New York entertainment. Uh, so same kind of thing. He might have been like a down the down the line like guy that really shaped things that you know we didn't really see at the time. But gotta give him a shout out. I, I mean, I think our guy Warren G's got to be up there. For sure. Right? I mean, he's driving trains. He's going to Canada. He's he's really paving the way for new states. Uh, he's he's getting this scandal behind him. Uh, you know, apparently he's just really feasting on uh, on the fair. Pancho sex. Villa. Pancho Villa is a good one. I mean, I hate to say you got to give, you know, time person of the year is not always a great person. You got to give a look to your guy, H. Uh, I, you know what? I don't think so. I think it was a tough year for H. I mean, well, that's H, what, but H, I think it kind of set into motion a lot of things that would, you know, sure, eventually come back to roost. Sure, you, it's tough to argue with that. Uh, I mean, you know, Eiffel's up there too. Sure, right? kind of a kind of a lifetime achievement award. 
and Lennon. We kind of forgot about Lennon as well. Yeah, true. Wind it down the clock. He, yeah. you know, I, I don't know if we, I guess he wouldn't die, I think, until like January of 24, but um, he was kind of on his last leg. A lot of directions we can go. How about it? All right. Well, we got to pick another year. Uh, let's, you know, listen, send in some feedback. You know, yeah. things we, we we're, we're maybe have to tweak some things, but uh, can't, I can't wait to do another one. I, I learned so much. I'm I'm obsessed with going down the rabbit holes like this. I love it. Good stuff. I love it. All right. Well, let's get out on the dance floor, man. Let's yes, start, marathon dancing. Start shaking. We'll see who can go longer. That'd be a good pouch of misery. See who could, who could <laughs> dance for 70 straight hours. <laughs> At the Waffle House. <laughs> Neil, thanks for having me, man. This was a great idea. Good being with you, Pie Man. You too. Favorite trapper, the absolute truth, yeah, no joke.